Did I? I, I think we're probably live. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, 4 p.m., Canoga Park, California, March 30th, 2023. We're talking some cool stuff today. This episode is brought to you by Eagle Rider Motorcycle Rentals and Tours. We're cracking some cold ones. We've got FedEx in the background. And today we have a very special guest, Brian Campbell, in the house to talk about the Tech Air technology, which is some pretty rad stuff that we've been testing out and we figured we'd share with you guys. So, boys, what's up? Cheers, actually, first cheers. of all. And cheers. And Brian, welcome. Cheers. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thanks for having me. Rainy Southern California day. So, yeah. hopefully, it's not a four hour trek back home, but what a rare thing, right? Yeah, but. So Brian Campbell is with Alpine Stars, was introduced to us by Randy Cummins, who's been on the show in the past. Uh, but before we get into kind of the tech air and the heated gear, I wasn't here yesterday. That's right. And the drop happened. We had, well, the week before I wasn't here and you guys did the drop. And then you weren't here yesterday. We did the drop. So, But you were able to watch the drop. Yes. I only watched some of the unedited footage. Did you see it at all? Not oh, no, yet. you haven't been, been busy. Yes, that's right. You so how did it go? It was great. Yeah? Yeah. It was a really good drop. If you haven't seen it, I know you've been watching the um, Daytona series. Well, this one's cool. We ride the 135. We have a great time. We go down to Key West, Miami. We have a good time there. And uh, Yeah, I, that I, one, no, the Key West did not drop yet. Not yet. Coming. So there, there's on, another episode. So th this is what, a five-episode so, series? Yeah, yes. we just dropped the 135 test ride. Had some great fun on that. Um, then after that is the ride down to Miami after checking out the bagger racing at the Daytona Speedway. And the final episode is actually riding the keys. And uh, So yeah. I, I have a question. Why can't we just have fun when we ride? Do we not have fun when we ride? There was a comment that said, and I just happened to see this, like, <laughs> okay, boy, you, it's, to get off the line fast and all that oh. speed, like, that's so, just making up for your male deficiencies. And it's like, we're, we were just playing around. I would like bike, to actually man. find that. Can we do a, what was the? Uh, Weekend uh, keyboard, keyboard warrior. warriors. Cup. Yes. So yeah. And he's, do, he's usually pretty kind. Actually. Yeah. This actually, this is not to make fun of them. It's just to emphasize that sometimes when we're answering a very large sum of comments on a daily basis, sometimes they confuse us. So I guess I'll leave his name out because he's a good dude, but he says, yeah. I don't see the need for that much power unless you're doing track days. Why is it so important for some people to be first off the line or have the biggest motor, LOL? I guess there are those insecure people <laughs> that seek attention and I require validation. Um, I'm more than willing to accept that fate if it means I have a super fast bike. That that 135 was epic. That was fun. We were having a good time. I wish we had a, a bit more time on the bike. Yeah. And I wish we had like five of them that we could all. That would have been rip. fun. But to answer his question, you can have a 107 going 100 miles an hour on the highway next to a 135 going 100 miles an hour on the highway. And yes, you're both going 100 miles an hour. So really, I just had more fun getting there. He had more fun getting there. And when you crack the throttle, yeah, I don't think he's jumps. talking about even. I think he's talking about guys that think that they are all that because they have small, you know what? <laughs> That's kind of where motors, I'm at with of the, course, small feet. 
Well, enough, right? yeah. enough people are buying them, so that's got to say something about right? that. Yes, yes. Well, and it was amazing right out of the crate. This is going to be an interesting mm -hmm. thing over the next year to see how many people jump <laughs> in these motors and and how well Harley does with them. But uh, So next week you're saying it's the ride to Miami, and then we finish off with the keys, right? Yep. So cool. don't forget, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tell your friends to do the same. Always got some great stuff up on the show. So, so let's jump in. Um, yep. You know, we reached out. So before that, we go on these rides in the winter, and people often ask us, you know, why aren't you using heated gear? Are you using heated gear? And we're kind of like, no. And it's not like we're trying to be badasses. We've just found a way to be comfortable, and that was really through layering up. But, you know, sometimes we look like, at least I do the Michelin man. You know, I'm just like ready to pop. Yeah. Something, but but we found a way to stay warm. And so uh, we were talking to Randy, like, um, why don't we figure out and test out some some heated gear? And and we reached out to you, uh, and you sent uh, a couple of vests over and some of the gloves. Yep. Um, we took those out on a ride, and and Josh has been rocking the vest. You owe me one, by the way. It didn't come XL. through. It didn't come through? Not yet. All right. <laughs> but I, but so Send maybe in our older office. age, not Josh's older age, but maybe we'll get a little smarter with heated gear. And the, the mm -hmm. things that we liked about it, um, you know, the battery life, and you don't have to plug it into something. Yeah. And I don't know if that's better or worse because we haven't tried, but that was, we didn't want to be tied to the bike. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think the, the lack of tether is uh, an attractive, you know, aspect of the heat tech gear. Um, I know that like, you know, some of the touring bikes, a lot of touring bikes, a lot of ADV bikes have heated grips and, you know, heated seat and those yep. do, those do a good enough job by themselves, but it's nice not being attached to the bike. There's something right. about like, it's not like you have a seatbelt on the bike. Like that's just right. ridiculous. But, um, yeah, just being able to get on the bike, get off the bike and go about your day, not have your gear intrude in that process. Right. That's pretty much the idea behind it is just try to make it as seamlessly integrated in your riding experience as possible. So. And comfortable. Yeah, most that, importantly. So we kind of jumped into that. That's my fault. Let's back up just a second. Yeah. So give people your name and then how long you've been at Alpine Stars and a little bit of background about you being a journalist and yeah. your bike riding and, and those kind of things. Yeah, so uh, my name is Brian Campbell. Uh, I'm heading up the communications for Alpine Stars Adventure, um, leading you know everything that has to do with adventure, touring. That's pretty much... I'm steering that ship, uh, and I've been at Alpine Stars for nine months now, but uh, in a previous life, I was a journalist, um, and you know, I was at website freelancing, um, doing cars and motorcycles, news and reviews, and I've been working with Alpine Stars since pretty much the beginning of my career, so I, I know like my coworker Heath, he's at one point, he was the one giving me gear, and I was testing stuff out, right. so we have a good working relationship already, and, and the the thing is, getting into Alpine Stars, I know a lot of the the products, so it kind of made it a nice, as a, as smooth of a transition as you. You have a good knowledge base because you've been using all the stuff. Yeah, 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 and it's nice because there's, you know, they're I'm testing the gear out too, and they're just kind of like always, you know, it's always like a trial and error process. So it's nice to be able to, you know, test the gear out and see what's good, see what needs improvement. So it's a in a constant state of flux, but it's it's definitely you, once you get behind the the curtains you can see why they're like the the top brand in the industry so 
you've been able to test it because you're a writer and you've been writing since you're 19. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I just turned 19 and I got a hand me down the Ninja 250 for my brother. Um, and I hadn't, I'd never ridden before that. And I thought he was going to teach me how to ride. He was like, you know, how to ride a bicycle. Right. And I was like, yeah. Was, Can you drive manual? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, there you go. <laughs> so I just hopped. I was like, borrowed a helmet, borrowed his jacket and hopped on. and was just cranking through the gears all down the street. Wow. And I'm pretty sure that's like the first day my mom started going gray too. So, right. <laughs> but, uh, and I went through, you know, a ZX 11, um, my dad's old Honda shadow, uh, ZX 10. And then when I became a journalist, um, I was like, I thought I was always like a sport bike guy. I was like, well, those are the best kinds of bikes out there. Why would you need anything else? Like this highest performance. It's like Ferrari performance for one tenth the price, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and then I think one of my first press trips was, or my first experience as a journalist was on the Ducati Scrambler. And like that brand exploded the moment that it, it hit the scene. And it's because it's an accessible bike that you, they kind of, they're like, here, take it off road or, you know, don't. Um, but then I also got into adventure bikes. I did a ride across Oregon with some, a little bit of off-roading. I kind of like, it opened up my world to a totally different, you know, side of things. And I was just like, how many different motorcycles can I ride? And just like, right. now it's not just like, I love sport bikes. I pretty much just love almost any motorcycle right. you hop on. It's like, anything can be fun. So. Right. And we, we love that about our followers too, because not all of them are motorcycle riders. Most of them are, Yeah. but other, they run other brands as well. And, you know, our, our whole deal was just get out and travel and see the country. And, and if you can do it on two wheels, great. Yeah. We didn't say we're Harley specific. We are, we're Harley specific and very loyal to that brand, mm -hmm. but we just like the Americana of that. Uh, and I don't know, I was on a sport bike some many years ago and I don't know if I could handle it at this age, right? Like you just want to lay a knee down and just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had my, my ZX-10 I bought um, brand new in 2000, 2009, and it was in 2008. And it was probably like the last time you can get a leader bike below $10,000. And I think it was like $8,500, 10 grand out the door. Right. Um, I had that bike for, um, I guess it was to, to, until 2016, it got stolen right off from in front of my apartment. Mm. And like it was, you know... I didn't have theft on it, so it wasn't. There you it, was, go. it was a write off of my taxes that year. Um, but three years later, I had moved apartments and I was walking back. I was still in Jersey City and I was walking back from the supermarket and I saw a random number come up. And I never pick up random numbers. I was like, I'll just pick it up anyway. I'm like, yeah, it's like a Jersey City Police Department. I was like, uh, he's like, is this Brian Campbell? I'm like, uh, who's asking? And he's like, are you the owner of a 2008? black kawasaki zx10 i was like i was he's like well we just pulled the guy over in easton pa riding with no plates he's like if you want to come <laughs> no pick way. it up we got an impound i was like wow i was like you fucking kidding me he's like you no said ohio i'd say is that uc bear <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i went and picked it up and wow i only had two thousand extra miles on the clock some a couple things were broken but um uh, I got it back and got it back on the road. But then you That's know, there, there, there was a hot wire job in there that I'm now dealing with. But there's right. a couple So you have that bike today? That bike is still in New York, which I'm getting back from the uh, I'm shipping back from the East Coast. So I'll wow. have that soon. Um, probably should have mentioned that. I'm, I moved out here for the Alpine Stars job in June um, from Brooklyn, but I'm originally from New Jersey. Coming up on a year. Yeah. 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 Almost three months now.
So you went from a Ninja 250 directly to a ZX11. Yeah. Awesome. Good yeah. job. My my brother handed me the keys because uh, I rode the 250 for a season, and then I went up to I went to his in Queens, and we went out to Jones Beach on like he had a ZZR12, and I had a ZX11, and I was like that was the first time I like I learned to respect power going from a 250 to an 1100. But then I had to get back on my 250 to go back to New Jersey, back home, and I felt like I was riding a moped. And like, <laughs> felt like my knees were touching. Right? <laughs> I was like, I went back. I was like, Ron. I was like, when? I was like, when can I make the the trade up? And at the end of that season, he handed me the key to the ZX11. I gave it back to 250. He was like, a lot of people say this is borderline, absolutely insane. He's like, right. do not prove them right. And he handed me the key. So, yeah, I had that bike for I think a season or two. Um, and mind you, I was 18. I blew the connecting rod bearing at like 150. <laughs> I've scared that. Yeah. Like, you know, like your brain's supposed to counteract for like vibrations, like right. in your, it could not keep up. Like the whole bike was vibrating so much that the whole uh -huh. world was just like a blur. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. What, what have we gotten up to like 130, maybe 125 Who on the baggers? So was uh, it was 130. It wasn't. I don't know how. Blew that I, mean, my, I was pinned at 120 when Luke and I were racing okay. across Wyoming. It was I mean, still reaching. I think yeah. we were probably 140, 135. On a That's Harley, fast. same deal. I think on my soft tail, maybe I went like 135 on the Arizona trip when that Mustang wanted to race in the middle of the night. Yeah. But I've ridden my buddy's R1, and you can be on. I'm not saying particularly that I did this, but you could be someone that looks like me. <laughs> going 160 170 on the 118 effortlessly while putting trust in a machine that yes yeah, yeah those things are going are just, so yeah, completely fast different. by you yeah. i should I, I do want to correct myself before i get torn apart by the keyboard yes. warriors i was probably <laughs> closer to 125 or 130 not 150 gotcha. okay still possible yeah still possible but you know every year you tell that story yeah just out of my <laughs> yeah i'm in the 10th year we were doing 205 <laughs> Um, so how'd you get it stopped? You just let off and yeah, roll. Uh, eventually slowed down, and then it just heard a loud, um, loud knocking and pinging sound. Yeah, uh, pulled into the garage and being eighteen, I figured, you know, I'll just park it and leave it for the night. Maybe I'll fix it in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> um, I ended up dropping the um, dropping the engine and splitting the crankcase and. I went in there and I just started picking like metal shavings just coming out like it was confetti. And then I got down to the connecting rod bearing and it, you could see that it superheated and frayed out and just <laughs> wow went all over the place. Crazy. Well, we talk about it all the time, like especially on these air-cooled bikes, you know, where you're like, you're doing 100 miles an hour, it's 100 degrees outside. Yeah. And these things are just winding, you know, and you can't imagine how fast everything's what's going on in, inside those yeah. cylinder heads. Yeah. Well, especially when it's been 115 yeah, and we're out in the middle of the desert. Crazy. You're going, how is the oil and the RP? I mean, everything is just moot, but perfect riding weather is like 70. Yeah. Bikes love that. Yeah. So th let's get back to the heated gear just a little bit. And we're coming out of season, but it's a, it's a good thing, like, when you guys are thinking about this stuff, um, the ease and comfort for the rider has to be like, cause to me, I put the, the gloves on, I put the vest on and I tried the large, but it, you know, they're just, I, I love that they're lightweight. The batteries there, they had a leather glove. I had, uh, the water resistant glove, which I thought was really nice. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, as you're thinking about this heated gears, it is it is that something we're just so stupid we've never thought about it? Or well, it's it's a bit of a I mean, given like the history of like motorcycle riding, heated gear is most certainly a luxury, right? Right. But it's kind of one of those things that's like if you've ridden, if you've ridden in the cold and not had heated gear, it's like all right, you don't. You it's one of those cases where you don't know what you're missing. Right. But if you've ridden in the cold with heated gear, it's almost like you never want to go back. It's kind of like layering; like you'll never not layer again in the. Right. So it's just imagine imagine adder, adding one of those. Another. But that's kind of like that. what Matt Laidlaw was saying, right? Like he was all plugged in. Yeah. And he had heated insoles, heated pants, heated jacket liner or something rather. I think where I honestly got the most enjoyment and comfort out of it was when we got back from that trip on the Loneliness Road in America. I just started wearing, whether it's 40 degrees or 60, I would just wear that heated vest under my denim. And on a day where it's not particularly cold and I'm just being a pussy for lack of a better word, you just right. feel like you're sitting in the sun. You have these warm shoulders and warm chest and back. <laughs> and you're like, kind of use it at any time. Just that, like that little luxury. It's like, I mean, like you have air, if you've been in a car with the air conditioned yeah. seats, it's like, yep. it's not particularly hot out, but I'll still put the air conditioned seats on because mm -hmm. it feels nice. This right. is true. <laughs> I mean, heck, the Jeep Laura has has got a heated steering wheel. So it's like, you're not only the seat, but the wheel. Yeah. You know. Well, I think I think we're gonna dive into it a, a bit more this year, and um, and maybe that way because you know we when we put this dicky suit on, which we absolutely love, and it kind of looks cool when you're on. I mean, but but it's a lot to pack. Yeah, I and mean, these things are like this thick when you and um, but they do work, and and so I think we're gonna have to step out of the zone a little bit and do a little bit more of the heated. It's like you're putting a Coleman sleeping bag in yeah. a set because they, they, they are a sleeping bag, basically. So when you fold it up, it's still at least it's this like a whole, big. A whole but, know, bag it, for me. it takes up a whole saddlebag. Yeah. So if you don't want to wear it, if you have to wear it the whole time, fine. But if, yeah, you know. And he has a hat that he wears, so yeah. he can't put it in the tour bag. Right. Ooh. That would be easy. <laughs> So we, we came back from the trip, talked to you about that, and then we took another trip uh, to Daytona. And I was watching Kyle Wyman on an interview he was doing, and he was out at the track or something. Mm -hmm. And I think it was maybe you guys put it out. I can't remember who it was. but And he was talking about how he, on the track, certainly wears the, the armor and the, and the, the air, air tech. But he was also saying on his daily, mm -hmm. that's where I saw the vest. Yeah. So he's like, I, I will not ride without this protection. Yeah. And so I reached out to you to say, Hey, what is this stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's one of those cases where the, the athletes, like the, it's, it, it's regulation in MotoGP. Every single one of the guys in MotoGP is wearing, um, uh, airbag or airbag technology. And if you want to ride the car, um, you have to buy, or you have to have uh, airbag technology as well. Um, and that's the, they're using the tech air off road and that's the tech air off road for consumer to be, to be able to buy as a consumer is coming out later this year. But, um, I think it was like the first day or the first week of the, of, of the, the Dakar. Um, yeah. Uh, they had, we had a, a massive, there was a massive crash one of the first days of Dakar and it was like a 27 G crash. And you can see we have the telemetry. We, have, you know, constantly data logging. We're always data logging from MotoGP. We're always data logging from Dakar and basically everywhere we can in motocross, like ever, all the race series, because it's constantly going. So it's basically just like it's free, you know, 
free data mining basically. Um, it was a 27G crash and you see him get up immediately and run back to his bike and get back on his bike. So it's just a matter, and with the tech off-road, you get two deployments before it has to, the canisters have to be replaced. So basically off-road, you're going to be going down a whole lot more. So we figured yeah. if you're out in the middle of nowhere, it's not like you can send your vest in to get the canister replaced. So that's what the tech air, tech air off-road gets to. So you've got a 10 mm -hmm. and then there's the, the five, the five and so the, the three. Yeah. So the 10 is uh, shoulders, collar, chest, and back and thighs. So it's closer to what the MotoGP guys are wearing, the coverage that they get. That's what the tech air 10 is. Um, and then there's the Tech Air 5, with his, which is the chest, shoulders, and uh, back. Um, and it comes down, the, the coverage comes down to here. Um, and the Tech Air 3, uh, which you guys were testing, is just the chest, shoulders, and back. It kind of goes up and over. And so is there any, this like your neck, or is there... So that's one thing that we've actually heard a lot. A lot of people are like, I want my neck to be, you know, what happens if your neck moves around? And we've actually seen in, um, in our research that there's actually, you want a little bit of movement because if you, if you, your helmet is not welded to your head. So if you bolt your helmet, like if your helmet's tight and can't move any, your head's still moving in, like moving around in there. So if you get into an accident and your head keeps going and your helmet's there, you actually end up injuring your neck more. So having a little bit of freedom of movement is actually a good thing. It just allows a little bit of play instead of just kind of bolting your helmet and, you know, hurting yourself against your neck, your own neck like that. So, And the, the chest and back, is that kind of the major trauma areas other than broken leg or whatever the... Yeah, so that's it's pretty much kind of protecting your... I mean, that's where your vital organs, organs are. Yeah, so it's like when you go down... Um, that's you're sliding on your chest. I mean, you have to put your hands up, sliding on your chest or back, and that's pretty much what that's helping to protect. Just like the the more. Um, so you say sliding. Body. Yeah. So does this have abrasive uh, materials on it? Yes. Yeah, so the Tech Air Three is actually uh, abrasive, made of abrasive abrasion resistant material on the outside. So the Tech Air Three is the only one of the the three the the five and the 10 that can be worn as an outer garment as well. So the, the tech air five and the tech air 10 are designed to be worn under your jacket and the tech air three can be worn under or over. What's preferred. Um, it's kind of, you know, dealer's choice. Um, I know you said you liked wearing it under your jacket. I did both. I, yep. but I was, it was a little bit cooler the other day and I threw it on and put a rain jacket over the top. Yeah. I had enough leeway just in case. I think it recommended inch and a quarter. Four inches, so, I thought, yeah. right? Inch no, and a quarter, huh? I think it's inch and a quarter. Gotcha. Four yeah. centimeters, I think. Four yeah. Gotcha. Um, so so a lot of our jackets already have that give in them or their tech air. Though if you see on our website, all the, the Alpine Stars jackets say tech air compatible, and they have that. Mm. Either there's a little bit of give in the material or there's just this size with that kind of space. So from a safety perspective, because we put the miles down, we just decided we're going to start trying these out. Yeah. Um, you never know what happens out there, but if you can protect yourself, I mean, we, we talked a little bit about in an episode a couple weeks back about Josh's spill on the 190. Mm -hmm. He was in one of Thrashen's new uh, Atlas jackets with some Kevlar back on it, and that jacket completely held up josh didn't have any road rash other than on his hands a little bit a little bit on my ass um, and it, it just <laughs> talks to you know when you do 
if something does happen yeah. to you, at least you've got a little bit of protection there. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like every little bit extra helps. And the when it's fully inflated, the the airbags are equivalent to nine CE two level uh, chest and back protectors. So it's kind of like if you have one CE level two back protector and you know it saved your ass. It's just imagine what like, but that's just impact absorption. But, I mean, um, we're definitely we ride around in jeans and t-shirts in the summer, and that definitely is not. What do they say? Uh, dress for the slide, not the ride. Yeah. We definitely don't dress for the slide. No. You know, we definitely take the chance of, hey. But the one time I did have a slide, I was dressed. Th right. The slide. Yeah. Right. Because it was so, winter yeah. time. But I was going to say, today was actually that I've been just looking at this vest for a while. We put them on last week, and I'm sure you'll talk about it too, the way it gets activated. You're not turning it on. There's, anyway, I wore it today for the first time. And personally, in this weather, I usually wear a flannel flannel or a hoodie and then my denim uh thrash and highway jacket with kevlar lining with a one, one i don't know if it's level two or level level what but a spinal protector in the back and not that it's restrictive by any means but you're in more of a structured upper body garment if you will this morning i tested out the tech air three right yep um i had a hoodie then the tech air three and then a windbreaker over top and it just felt like I was wearing a hoodie, which was kind of cool. It's your knowing that you have this protection and something that really doesn't feel like you're wearing anything extra, at least in this weather. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it kind of it just gives you the, the peace of mind. And the thing is, one of the aims of it is to be, like I was saying before, just not be intrusive into your ride. It's just make it as seamless as possible, getting on the bike, getting off the bike, and kind of going about your day. Well, I, I have been wearing it, and I was telling you earlier um, – it mentally challenged me the first couple of days because I'm like, is it going to go off? Is it going to like just, and I, you, you get through that, but I, it was like, if I cut traffic and I do, and you're like, no, dude, it's not going to like, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> but tell, talk a little bit about how the tech, I mean, you've got like, it's crazy where you were talking about the guy that was doing the testing, yeah, trying to throw the bike around and jumps and yeah. Yeah, so he he just recently posted Motology um, down in Australia. He 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 was, he was wearing a Tech Air Five, and it was in the road uh, road mode. So they have the Tech Air Five has different modes. You can do road, um, and then you can also do track. So it just it, it just changes the algorithm a little bit or the the tolerances of it. But he had it in road mode, and he has a little motocross track on his farm, and he was on a Yamaha T Seven. And he was ripping this thing. Like he was hitting jumps. He was catching air at one point. He was like, that's the biggest send I've ever done off that jump. And it just wasn't popping. So he was like, all right, I'm going to get on my CR things, a CR250. And he was ripping that thing. And he was hitting jumps. And he took it to like a little, to like his, his enduro course. And he was hopping over logs. And it still wasn't popping. He was getting 10, 10, 12 feet in the air. Still was not popping. So then he heads into the woods. He's like, all right, I really have to like try. He's like, I'm going to find the gnarliest log. And the thing was... I, maybe three and a half feet tall and he went over it once and he tried it again and you just see him go over and you can see it's from the body uh body cam he's wearing the the gopro you see him go like that and then right before he hits the ground you hear that pop and he gets up and it's and he finally popped it but after all that it finally knew that it knows what a crash looks like and it knows what standard or standard riding looks like because we've done countless hours and you know millions of miles of data acquisition with um moto gp riders and you know 
other like motorsport athletes for the past 20 years. So the algorithms are stored in the, in the tech air five, it's in the, the back and the tech air three, it's down there, but it's the, the gyroscopes and accelerometers know what an imminent crash looks like. So it's not reactive. It's like, you know, it's pre predictive in a way. Um, so it, it's designed to, you know, inflate before the impact. So it's, you know, and then, and then it stays it fully inflated for about five seconds for any secondary impacts. Cause um, you know, crashes last longer than the, right. Right. but if they're lasting any longer than five seconds, you're, you know, you're really in for it. So right. right. have you ever felt one go off? I have. Yeah. Cause I'm, cause I'm still relatively the new guy at Alpine stars. We did a, <laughs> we did a, we did an event. Um, and then they're like, you're going to be the demo guy. I was like, all right. So I put on the, the tech air three, uh, we were actually at the bike shed, um, was it last fall. And, you know, it's one thing when I've never had to go off in a crash. Um, but it's, it's one thing to have to go off a crash, but to be standing there and expecting it, you feel it. And it's more like someone just kind of like slapping you on the back and then giving you a big hug. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, there, we have, there's been, uh, stories where like people don't even notice it going off or like people are asked like, Will I know if it goes off? I'm like, well, in the event of a motorcycle accident, you're gonna be worrying a lot, worrying more about other things going on than than the airbag, and that's pretty much the idea. Is you shouldn't have to worry about it. It's just well, well that's there. a good point because yeah. I think if you did get in a wreck, you wouldn't even know it or think it. Yeah, it would just be happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I was, it's I was one of those things. We were at the the final drag show before the the, oh, right. the disaster happens. Right. I'm not saying the word. Yes, but. They were they were have they had people walking down the runway. Pop was that an up? That was yeah yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it was. That was like the first debut of the yeah. airbag. Yeah, fest. I think it, it was. was the best. It was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. Um. So the technology, I I'm just guessing that when you have sudden, if it goes past certain angles in any direction, it's starting to think that something's happening. Yeah. There's. I mean speaking to the exact details of the algorithm is is beyond me right but like from it's pretty much it there's tolerances so it's it knows when certain parameters are met it's i mean it knows what a low slide looks like it knows like when you're high siding it knows when you're going over the bars or when you've been hit from behind it's just there's so many like countless scenarios that have been programmed into it that it knows what that looks like so it would do it if you just lean. Like, no yeah, yeah. no so and that's, like and that's 20 a thing. years yeah. worth of Check words yeah. of uh, data, isn't it? I read, I heard that on one of the videos. Yeah, yeah. They've gathered this for twenty years. Yeah, and it's it's con still constantly going on. Every time we get, um, every time someone a customer goes down in an airbag, um, and they uh, send it back in for the canister to get refilled, we look at the you know the data logging, and then we send that off, and that's another one. So it's just a matter of you know how many crashes or you know how many deployments have we had in the past twenty years. Right. Um, and even non-deployments, it just knows, okay, this is a riding, the normal riding experience and all those parameters. So it's just a matter of, you know, countless, countless, countless scenarios. So like, there's account. sometimes guys will be up on a, like a mountain road and, and it's, they, they need to make a U-turn and it's got a severe grade. Mm -hmm. The bike goes over, they may not fall over, but they may step over guys in a parking lot that hit a pothole. Why are you? So there's just two stories. So unless like, <laughs> maybe these two stories might have happened. <laughs> I mean, it it really comes down to the hard to say, right? Yeah, it's. I mean, 
I've never picked the brain of the of the you know the technology that we have, but I imagine that there the scenario is somewhere in there. I mean that we have the tech air off road coming out, and the question is, will it just constantly go off because we you know we fall all the time off road? So the question is, will I have to get this thing refilled all the time? But it's going to be you know the algorithm is going to be changed to take certain things into account. So I mean the video that I was talking about just before that's a perfect example. This guy was absolutely yeah, ripping this T seven yeah. and this the CR around. And it wasn't going he off. He couldn't get it to go off. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like the the proof is. So I, I would imagine it probably wouldn't go off in either of those two because the the rider's not down on the ground. Yeah. The rider may take a jolt or something, but the bike's on the ground, not the rider. Yeah. Exactly. I think, I think my son needed this when he was doing FMX. Yeah. That would have been right. great. For <laughs> I just wonder if it's something that maybe there's eventually lidar involved. I mean, with off road, you could be doing something where you're ripping into a berm, and if you're at that skill level, your torso could be inches from the ground and experience a very severe G-force when entering that, but you're not going to hit the ground. So where's that instance where if the rear wheel washes out and you're going to fall? Well, know, see, I'm not asking you that. It's yeah, just, I mean, well, the, the, you know. the thing is, it's even when with the Tech Air 10 is, mm -hmm. I mean, normally if you're, if you're on your Harley dragging a knee, probably something's bad is about to happen. But if you're on the track dragging the knee, it's yep. totally commonplace. Right. So that's where the, the algorithms, mm -hmm. you know, change and take those scenarios right. into so there's there's road and there's race settings. And then for the the tech air off road, we're gonna have a few more settings um, that are still to be determined, but it's gonna be road, off road, and then one or two others I th I think. Has Randy just, worn one yet? Um I believe he has. Yeah, he didn't. He you to. didn't you go down and to yeah, I was with him when he went down there. And didn't and you say they, they had him, a bag for him? I think they gave him I one. Think they yeah, did. he did. Yeah, he definitely I has one. Kind of just watched him go on a little bit of a shopping spree. Yeah, felt a little left out. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's tons of great gear, and <clears throat> I th I believe he used one. And I was just really intrigued because that was the first time I'd heard about it. So right. He's well, explaining this thing to Randy. I'm like, what? You know? Well, what do they say? They say the. Uh, Speed really doesn't kill. It's the stopping, the yeah. sudden stop, the, the and sudden lack of speed. I guess you, yeah, moving and and when you think about it, in Oregon, <laughs> when you you think about taking an impact, if you're going 100 miles an hour on a highway and you come off your bike, your Harley, you're riding down the road and you hit the ground, your innards are definitely going to be moving and g-force yeah. and and that you might not even think anything's wrong, but something's really wrong. Yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I don't think uh, we'll try the 10s just yet. Yeah. <laughs> so with the 10, though, they've got to, the leather's got to have enough room in. Yeah, so that's the thing. It's like there a lot of the, the Alpine Stars uh, one-piece suits. They're designed with Tech with Air that. in mind. Um, so it's, the old suits used to be integrated, but the Tech Air 10 is designed to go under the suit. And there's, you know, some of the material is expansive. So they have, like, different... Um, zones or abrasion zones like depending on it's like basically like the where you're more likely to slide on if you go down um but then there's different parts of the suit that have you know different materials have different elasticity to them so it just you pretty much don't even notice it. it's just like another layer so with the suits 
You're talking full suits, the 10, right? Yeah, I mean, like Kyle Wyman or Ben was wearing. So is it legs? No, it just goes down to your thighs. To your thighs. Yeah, so I mean, the, the race boots come up high enough where it just, it's pretty much right there. And then so you're pretty covered. Up. And yeah. leather, I mean, you can't beat leather. You I'm can sure be sliding Ben's down. in it when he was. Yeah. Um, so Ben Bostrom is his nephew. Yeah. So you're sliding. You, in jeans, you slide a certain, but in leather, you can slide for a long time and get up. Well, those guys are typically closer to the ground when they go down yeah. anyway. And, and you, I mean, they're just hoping that they're not getting a sudden you know, right. crank. Ben yeah. said, he goes, yeah, it's way, when we, when he said, when you lay it down, you're already six inches off the ground. So yeah. when you go down, as, as long as it's not a high side, yeah, you're sliding. But he did say he had one where he did a high side and he said, blue sky, asphalt, blue sky, asphalt. That was a gnarly one. I saw one the other day on on Instagram where the guy back hit the guy in the back and it flipped the dude up in the air, and this guy wheelied under the dude and dropped him down on the. <laughs> so he helped him not get like mashed accidentally. I don't know if it was an accident or not, but it was. If it wasn't, it was divine in, intervention because right. he just popped the front wheel up and caught the dude. <laughs> And set it down, and the dude went this way. There's uh, in one of the the demonstration videos. We were at CES, and we had it was right after Dakar, so we had the the footage and the data acquisition up on the TV screen. But we also had um, footage from uh, MotoGP and Mark Marquez. There's one where he had like a 26 G crash or 28 G crash or something like that, and he had a. It started off as a low slide, but then or a low side, and, you know the wheels just catch grip and just catapulted him. And you can see in the slow-mo, he's on his way up and you can see the airbag oh, really? deploy. Yeah, because it deploys in uh, 25 milliseconds. Um, so he's on his way up and it's deploying. And then in the data acquisition, you can actually see, you can identify where the initial like initiation is um, and then where he's in the air and then when he hits the ground, like depending on where the, the G meter is. But then, like I said, it also stays inflated for five seconds, fully inflated for five seconds, and then slowly starts to go down because, like I said, secondary impacts, whether you hit, you know, the a guardrail or right. a tire barrier or something like that. There is an instance where another a rider got up and was walking back, not across the track, but another rider had gone down and he got hit by him uh. and he was safe or he was, you know, uh, less hurt than he could have been because his, the airbag was still, still in. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. That's a crazy world we live in. Yeah. You know, that kind of technology to be yeah. able to do that. Yeah. So Alpine Stars is into cold weather stuff. They're into body armor, airbag. So a lot of protection. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about your role. So you, when, when I reached out to you, you're like, who's this V twin guy? I don't even know who these Randy's. He called Randy. He's like, Randy, come on. Randy. Um, <laughs> but you're taking on kind of, touring and and adv across yeah. the globe yeah it's um you know coming into you know alpine stars has always been in the off-road space i mean they started it's our uh 60th anniversary um they started in uh, 1963 and you know their first product was a motocross boot so off-road is you know it's in their history i'm just kind of just jumping in right right now but um, you know, the ADV touring space is, you know, it's exploding. So it's, you know, this segment 
deserves attention and deserves love. And Alpine Stars has a great amount of products for the space. So just me, I'm just kind of here to shepherd it in the right direction. But, you know, touring, whether it's on road or off road or a mix of both, it's like you said, it's like the, the best parts about it is, you know, meeting the characters in between seeing the sites. It's not necessarily about um, lap times or setting hot laps. Um, and that's kind of what I like about it is it's more it's more casual. It's more, you know, laid back. It's not like there's no trophy. Right. Uh, there's no prize money. Um, it's just kind of out there just having a good time and meeting good people. And I think right. that's what really the the whole adventure segment is about. It's just kind right. of exploring, get, getting outside of your norm and just kind of going a little bit further. Right. I mean, they have what? The, the adventure touring, a lot of people would think that you have to have an adventure bike. Yeah. And we've, we've ridden the Pan Americas, but we also we have road glides and street glides and, and we've been on dirt roads with those, nothing too gnarly, but we've yeah. been on dirt roads. He's done hill climb. We, we could be anywhere traveling and we always end up on dirt somewhere. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's how I envision a Pan America from my style would be you're traveling. And if you have to hit dirt once in a while, you can. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you can see it in the design of the bikes. I mean, they're, you can get cast wheels and street tires for the Pan America, but you can right. get spoke tires and, and dirt or spoke wheels right. and dirt tires for it. And the bike, you don't have to change anything on the bike other than the, the wheels and tires. Right. And it's bikes like that. I mean, the same thing for the BMW GS and KTMs and you, you name it. They're meant for long distance. And I think that just a bike that's capable to get, you know, if you, if anybody's ever ridden up to Alaska, you know, the asphalt ends pretty quick <laughs> and then it's, but then what are you going to do? Just stop there. Like, right. The whole idea is to keep exploring. So if you can get to the, as the end of the asphalt and then continue down the dirt road, like that's, and you know, right. find it again. Well, yeah, exactly. we, we talked to someone said there's dirt roads from coast to coast that you can never be on asphalt. Uh, the Pan America trail. Yeah. But yeah. is there anything else? Or is that trans, 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 trans. So Pan America is down to South somewhere America. down South. Yeah. Right? The, the trans America. Trans America. Yeah. Speaking of which guys yeah. watching, I want your input because I saw a video series of dudes doing the Transamerica Trail on Honda Monkeys <laughs> and trying to convince my dudes over here to do a cross-country trip on Groms. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. Not, not having that. <laughs> I mean, I'll, dude, I'll, I'll give you this. I'll give you a back roads, like, two- or three-day trip. Okay, that I can do. But we have to have a chase car. <laughs> That's cheating. No, not for us, just to carry, like, our luggage. <laughs> That's cheating. So you want to just be in our same gear? Backpack. All right. Fine, we can do a chase car. We just won't tell any people Where are we it. putting the camera equipment? I'm just using GoPros, dude. I'm ditching all these big cameras. I'll bring my little photo camera okay. and a GoPro. Oh, uh, we have it. a seat change happening here. Seat change? You're changing your seat. My seed. Big cameras to low cameras. Oh, low yeah, cameras. we're using the – keep it simple, stupid. I'm over it. What kind of comments have you had over there? Um, we had a person asking if it will go off if you get punched. And I said, we tried that already. Did not work. Um, we have my coworker has uh, at the track, someone gave him a, a slap on the back. Like uh -huh. good, good lap out there. And it went off. Okay. So, so, so be a little a good slap. Yeah. 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 Um, I was halfway through answering this one, but I figured you might have a better option. He said, Maybe I missed it. What if the vest airbag goes off? Do you have to replace the CO2 or what system do you use? And it's argon, right? Yes, Maybe it is not. argon. It um, Argon expands faster than CO2. It's a little bit more expensive, but in this case, you'd 
expensive is better because it expands faster, does its job faster, and it, you know, it, it inflates faster. And, and speak to, you can repack it, the vest three times. What about the five and the 10? So the, it's uh, twice, twice. For the, twice for the tech air five. And then you have to send it in to get the uh, canisters re recharged and they kind of look over it to make sure there's no structural damage because, you know, you want it to work next time you use it. Um, so then after with the tech air three, after two discharge, you do a full refurbishment. Um, and then it's the same for the tech air five and tech air 10, but, you have to send it in. Um, they only get you only get one deployment with the Tech Air Five and Tech Air Ten. So you with the vest, you get two two deployments. Two deployments. So you don't have to go in. And, hopefully, you don't have to have two. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but I was I was looking at the video, and I think it's they try to turn it around within a week. Yeah, yeah, it's super so it's super, super quick. quick. And and is that the cost? Is that on? The individual is there a cost with that or yeah so the it's usually depending on the, the price of the uh the vest it's usually about half of that is what it costs to repack it yeah. and re yeah that's the rule of the yeah the rule of thumb is basically half the price of the jack is what it costs to get a repack and so hopefully the whole real thing is you really don't have to ever have a repack exactly a lot of people say you know well that's kind of expensive i'm like well you know how much is your you know your medical bills if you right. don't wear it and it's kind of like that's a little bit more expensive than that and for then, life so what yeah, if you exactly. never use it is that is it ever age out um that i do I, not know i don't know hmm. that's a good question i mean is it like a year and then rehab it recheck? i've actually never been asked that before yeah. so but the battery life on these are like 40 hours right yeah yeah you definitely have three, you right? definitely have a, like more than a full day's ride yeah. on there yeah so it was 40 hours for a four-hour charge. So for those that are listening, you can recharge right. these whenever you want. You have more than 40 hours riding. Um, uh, and it was a simple, like, USB and almost, as it was it an iPhone? Yeah, uh, it was USB, a USB-C. USB yeah. Open a little tab, charge it up. Bing. Uh, Max says, can it protect you in an Isle of Man TT race crash? Craziest crashes I've ever seen. Bikes going about 180. Um, better than not having it, right? Yeah. So, I mean, the in that case, they I don't know if the guys in – I know MotoGP is required to wear them. I'm not sure if the guys in uh, Isle of Man uh, wear them, but, it you know, a crash is a crash. Um, yep. There is a lot of things that the Isle of Man um, organization could do to, you know, soften the blows a little bit with uh, against those, like, stone, stone walls and picket fences. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a crash is a crash. So it's the the Tech Air 10 would probably be in that scenario. scenario yeah. The Tech Air 10 would be the the, the, the most one. protection you can. Exactly, yeah. And in race scenarios, it's that's basically the one you want to go for. Right. And then the only other question we had, which is way back, but it had something to do with this guy was asking if there is some sort of subscription needed to keep it active, which I don't believe is the case. No. Yep. No. No subscription needed. But there is an app. An but app, but right? you don't need the app to. And we can have speak to that. We haven't used that app yet. Yeah. We're going to to test it out. But the app is more just kind of like a visual aid to let you know how much charge you have left, or you know how much if you're charging it, how long you have left to charge it. Um, and you can you know just basically general. And I think you can turn it off on the app if you need to. There was uh, something we were watching where a guy was going off road, and he's like. Uh, I'm going to turn it off just in case. And then he could turn it back on through the blue. Using disarm it. Yeah. yeah. Disarm it. Yep. Um, I got to step out. So it's on you guys to figure it out. Great. 
<laughs> so I had asked you, like, if I'm cutting through traffic, is that going to be a problem? And you're like, because in California, we can do that. Yeah. And you said, no, I do it. I mean, I, I have no problem. Yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, like I said, that's a normal riding scenario. Um, so the it's not like the vest can sense. It doesn't matter if there's cars near you. Know. If one of those cars hit you, then, then yeah, it'll, it'll go off. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's just uh it, it knows what what regular riding is. It's I mean it's pretty you know crazy to think about, you know, like getting like I mean if there's been scenarios where like you, if you hit a pothole and you get some like air under your tire like, um it it it's a possibility, but it really it genuinely does a pretty good job of telling the difference between imminent crash and you're okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, and for me, I've got. What was it? The ninety fourth quake what was Northridge. Uh -huh. So on, a, on many of the overpasses on the one eighteen, there was damage, and so they had to build them up. Or not. I mean, I'm hitting taking air. Yeah, and I'm boom, 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 and it's because that's a little bit I was worried about. Like, is, if if I'm coming off the seat and slamming yeah. back down, it, it's it's possible. Um, but I haven't had it yet. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it, it like I said, it is it is possible. Yeah. But it does a fairly good job of knowing the difference. Um, with with that, it's yeah, it's kind of like it, there's there's always a scenario for something. Right. So. We should try it over off the like just after Balboa. Oh, where you just that get launched. <laughs> but it's also, you know, we were also talking a little bit about earlier. Like if that goes off, it's not something that's like just so. I yeah, mean, you're gonna fill it. Yeah, but it should not impact. I it's mean, like if you it said, accidentally went off. It's, a big hug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't lose control. So, so we did. We did a an experiment. Um, we had people riding around with the air vests on, and we would deploy them remotely and not tell them. Oh. Um, so I mean, no one crashed. It's you know, it goes off, and you're just like, oh, okay, it's inflated now. Um, it doesn't, they designed it so that you can keep riding in the event that it does deploy when it's not supposed to. Yeah. And I think with the, with the three, especially because you're not draped over, you're not, yeah. you know, you're just, it's just yeah. really here and yeah, well, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. So, um, they can find this at tulanelife.com. We put up they the best, right? Uh, the gloves are up there. The heated vests are up there. Uh, we may have to talk to you a little bit after about making sure we can get the sure. air tech. Yeah. Um, what should they know about Alpine Stars that if they don't know now? So you were talking about how long the company's been in, in place. Yeah, I mean. Top it's, tier. Yeah, it's been around since 1963. Started making uh, motorcycle boots. Um, now we, if you look at almost i think any form of motorsport um two wheels or four where we're there like jimmy johnson was one of our our athletes we he was in our suits the formula one guys the aston martin team um and uh, alpha tori are one of our you know formula another formula one team and then moto gp and then you know name your race category in two wheels um so it's it's pretty incredible to see how much you know or you know how prolific the Alpine Stars, you know, brand is in like the the power sports industry across the globe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did have a question on women as well. Are there specific versions for women? Have they tested them? Tested them on women? And 
you know, there's some questions. We, yeah, for the Tech Air 3, we actually do have a, a women's fit awesome. on Tech Air 3. So we do. I would think uh, Laura and Teresa would feel really comfortable with having airbag on their on well their... i've seen them still with their leather vest on at 100 degrees so yeah. i think they'd be better well, off they wear leather yeah. jackets at 100 or, that's what he's jacket, yeah, yeah. Yeah. jackets. i'm in a t-shirt sweating my yeah and there's <laughs> she won't ride without leather yes uh, she has to have her jacket and she has a yeah. light one for summer mm -hmm. and then a heavier one for winter but she just doesn't feel right unless she has sleeves and yeah so, i mean not like i'm one of those people that like i I got on my bike one time without gloves and I felt naked. Yeah. Like it just, there's certain things that you don't like. Everyone's different, but there's right. just certain pieces of gear. that are just like, ah, oh, I definitely need. Well, that. when we first started riding, we were just little brain buckets. Yeah. Now we all wear full face helmets yeah. and we're like, we have never, we feel not good without a, hel a yeah. full face. Well, typically I like in the really hot, I like wearing the, the, uh, coverall shorts with my crocs <laughs> like sea bear yeah jeff come on man um another question from snake boot will it also act as thoracic bracing or just to soften the felt blow of impact uh it's really just for impact yeah impact it's not reduction. you know it's not inflated you don't even know there's an air yeah i mean it's it's not it's not like two by four stiff when it's fully inflated, yeah. but it is, you know, it is pretty fairly rigid. Um, but, and it is designed to be like as a, you know, as a back protector. So yeah. like I said, it's the fully inflated, it's equivalent to nine CE level two uh, back protectors. So, so you don't need that for off the line. It's more for track days with that kind of horsepower. Yeah. <laughs> well, I put it Gosh. on the other day and walked around here just to feel it. And it feels like you're wearing just a regular vest you would wear. Yeah. That was... Uh, I missed what you said. I was spacing out. I said to him, okay. what did I say? It was a callback to the, <laughs> the, the, the keyboard warrior cup. Yes. Um, no, I so I have a, a Saddleman Slim on my bike. Josh runs a, a step-up tour. Um, the canister, when I got on the bike, it, it kind of... And then, like, two seconds later, it was out of the way, just boom, and it was super comfortable, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like the, the weight's kind of in the back pocket, but once you're, you don't even notice it. Yeah. But the it's canister crazy. is not round. It's, 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 you know, like having a rolled up newspaper. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, it's like about that, yeah. that long and yeah. that big around, so it's not. Not, it's not it's designed to not be intrusive like right. and i i created a another system with it i don't know if i need to talk to <laughs> someone about this i put a second secondary flask with a hose that it's i a hydration my <laughs> nice. out of. hydration pack or dehydration pack dehydration yeah. pack but if the if the bag deploys while you're wearing it it shoots the hydration out so you're that's just, right <laughs> you're all over the place <laughs> Uh, I was going to type this out, but I figured for people listening, it would be better. Uh, Bob said, will it float? So I said, um, it stays inflated for five seconds. So technically, yeah, it could float for five seconds. Yeah. I mean, they're, we're, the motorcycle industry isn't the only industry that has this technology. I know um, big wave surfers really? have, been, have had this for a while. Um, yeah, Alpine I've skiers have, have this for like avalanche protection. Yeah. I mean, those guys are going, you know, highway speeds down the mountain. Anyway. Right. Um, so it's, there's similar technology in other applications because we have, people have asked us if, if we do anything for a mountain bike, we have 
uh, Alpine Star Cycling, which is like you know in the mountain bike world, but we don't have airbag technology for that yet, is what we like to say. So it's, it's well, I, everything's I would always imagine some of those high speed boat racer guys have got something going on too. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. It's it's there. The technology is it's very applicable to a lot of things, and it doesn't take that long to think about where an airbag would do you good, and especially right. if it's in a garment that kind of just looks like a, a regular jacket. It's not intrusive like a life vest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, hold that up again. That was what was cool to me is it was super light in it, but it also gave a little bit of warmth. And it's got it's some reflective material on, yeah. on the tops too. So, Well, this is, it's because it's designed to be um, oh, an outer garment as yeah. well. We designed it to have breathability so that if you are wearing a summer jacket, it is still letting uh, airflow go in so i don't know if you know but it was kind of interesting when josh and i charged these up the first day and we put them on and it was like so there's the magnetic piece at the bottom then you yeah. got this magnetic inside yeah and then one up at the top or once you get clipped yeah so it's got a read so there's just the magnetic zipper at the bottom that's just for ease of use just to make the connection of the okay. zipper easier so that has the, no issue yeah that has nothing to do with arming it the what arms it is the the tab at the top of the lights yep. for the uh the take care three as soon as those magnet uh magnets you know go over each other it senses it and then it arms itself because it's like it doesn't arm itself until you well yeah it just feels, for like a secure connection right. yeah and then you feel it you put it on and you're walking out and you know no, it's on. I had it on the other day, and I went to the grocery store with my helmet on, and it was blue. Yeah. And this little kid was like, <laughs> Spaceman. <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. So we did have a question from Eric saying, can you sew patches on it, or will it pierce the airbags? The airbags are somewhat removable, right? Yeah, the, the airbags, I mean, you can – I wouldn't go I, – I, deconstructing the vest is not advised. Yeah. Um, but as far as sewing patches on, um, there's the outer material. It's, I mean, it's designed to be abrasive. Again, that's the first time I've heard that question. So that's yeah. actually pretty interesting. I'm going to go back to the, the office and ask like that. In the but front it, area on each side. It is layered. I would just be worried about piercing the airbag if you're sewing yeah. it on. Um, Possible, but, but not recommended. Yeah, at, the, at this point in time. Possible, uh, not I mean, until we find out. Quite frankly, it's a, it's a, Fairly expensive garment, and I wouldn't mess with any of the technology. I, I'd hate to stick a needle or, or something down in there and catch one of the bladders or something. Yeah, that, that's what I would be worried yeah. about. I usually stay away from electronics on my bike because I don't want to screw something up. Right. <laughs> It'll never be the same ever again. Um, let's see here. I'm just getting a link because someone had some questions, and we do have some videos on our site. Um, what are you currently riding, Brian? I am currently uh, borrowing a KLR from Kawasaki. All right. They lent me one. Because um, I got to the West Coast, and I literally had nothing. Uh, so my friends at Kawasaki were kind enough to lend me a KLR to, to ride around on. What is a KLR? I don't a know. KLR is a basically a 30-year-old motorcycle. Um, <laughs> no, they, they redid it in 2018 and again in 2018. 22 this is the third generation but they've only really renewed it it's a street bike uh it's an adventure, adventure bike so it's um it's 
the Isn't it like first, a heavy dual sport? Yeah. A large dual sport? Yeah, it's a very large dual yeah. sport. Um, but I like it because, you know, it's a single cylinder 650cc bike, but it's basically, it's the best way to describe it, it's a dirt bike designed to go 230 miles on a tank. So it's a five gallon tank, but I've, I've seen 230 miles on it. Um, and it's just, it's not the, the fastest bike by any means, but it does everything really well right it just doesn't do them the greatest like i commute on it every day so is it knobby um, tired uh i do have knobbies on it now 50 50s or uh, no i just put um a little bit more aggressive knobs on it because i'm going to do some off-road riding this weekend but um it's kind of like it's basically like a jack of all trades type bike like i, I rode from uh torrance or no me and my buddy we put it in a van we we went from the bottom of Santiago Peak. I went. We rode all the way up to the top. He was on his EXC 500. His his KTM. I mean, we did the same thing. He's on a purpose built dirt bike, and I'm on this. Basically, has like 40 year old suspension on it and a 40 year old right. engine. Did the same thing. I did it a lot slower than him, but I still did it. Right. It really is like a. It's like a, a pack mule of a motorcycle. But it's the thing you want to be on in a world apocalypse. Yeah. There will be parts, <laughs> and there will be obstacles. You'll make it I keep hearing about this earthquake California is going to have, and I was like, you know, KLR is pretty good for that. <laughs> yeah. it's, my, it's my get out of Don't say that. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, bagger is probably not the best. Uh, that being said, you've obviously spent your time around motorcycles quite a bit um, on and off road. Is there a favorite road, a favorite location, favorite view that you've seen, you've gotten to on two wheels? Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. I'm just afraid to to blow the secret everybody but that's true is it um, in the western what, what states it's uh, so my favorite ride it's actually it's one of the it was the first time that i ever went um on an eight i was ever on an adv bike we rode across oregon we camped out uh, a bunch along the way with the painted hills and um just like kind of everything through eastern oregon and then we got to hell's canyon and hell's canyon is there's an 11 mile road that ends at a dam and it's great because there's not a lot of traffic because it ends at a dam. So there's no, not a lot. Right. Of, and you can pretty much, <clears throat> it follows the canyon wall all the way down. So you can kind of see, there's no real blind corners at all um, because you can kind of see the next three coming up. Right. So you can have a lot of fun going down. And then on the way back, so it's 11 miles there and 11 miles back. And then right as you're about to leave, there's a dirt trail that goes up to the left and you can actually get a good view, go up along this trail and then, about halfway up, it kind of goes out to this little outcrop, and you get this beautiful view of the canyon, and it's just like it's absolutely spectacular. Surreal, yeah, yeah. We, East coast uh, or west coast? Oh, west coast for sure. Okay, it took us, you know, the you know we started here on we started on the east coast, and by the time we got to the west coast, we finally figured out how to build good roads because there's grading, oh, and you know, right. it's just like every time I came to California, I was like, man. I'm I Have can't you done I any of the canyons yet. around here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's. I think the the first time I was in California, we rode up to um, rode up to Idlewild up. Yeah. 40, That's 43? Yeah. 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 243. Yeah, 243. <laughs> that road's absolutely insane. Yeah. And that was like my first experience. And it's like straight up. Too. Yeah. 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 Another insane road is uh, nine mile out of uh, the 395 up into Kennedy Meadows. Yeah, Kennedy okay. Meadows. It, Sherman In Pass. 10 minutes, you're you're like... From the desert floor to six thousand feet, and you could do some. There's a couple dirt things you could go on if you wanted to. Yeah, Randy Get up knows to all that. Pass. Yeah, we're um we're doing an event in Big Bear in May, 
and I've been I've ridden in from Palm Springs up to Big Bear without touching any pavement. And I actually didn't know I was in Big Bear until like a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to a buddy and I was like, what about that ride? He's like, what was that small mountain town that we popped out into? He was like, dude, that was Big Bear. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You know, Big Bear's got 200 and like 40 inches I was going to say, I mean, if, if you want to do nine mile, it might be August. Before you get <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's, there's so many cool roads here in California. And we, you know, we've only really done mostly Southern California. We've done mm -hmm. Central Valley, kind of the 49. We've done a little bit like outside of Reno, Kit Carson passing down, but there's so much up and we're going to try to do it this year. There's so much up around Lake Mount Shasta. Yeah. You know, I, I rode from, I rode from on an F BMW F850 GS there. It's like their midsize adventure bike. I rode from LA up to Portland. Actually, that was, I rode one of my trips across Oregon. Um, it was the second time I rode across Oregon, but rode from LA and then I just kind of pointed my bike north. Um, and then once I started getting close to Sacramento, I was like, oh, I should probably find a place to camp. I just stopped in town, looked for a campsite and I headed there and I was like, oh, it should be fine. And then I got there and there was a line like where all the cars were parked. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm, I, it, it's getting dark. I don't know if I'm able to find a spot. And I go to the camp office, I'm like third in line. And I go to the, the woman at the, at the desk and she's like, oh, do you have a reservation? I was like, not exactly. I was like, I just got in. I was just wondering if you had like any spots open. She was like, let me check. And she was like, someone, one, there's one spot open and they left early today. So you can have that one. And it was right by the lake. I totally lucked out. Oh, like, wow. I was hanging out with the people at the campsite next to me. Like we were drinking tequila all night, woke up <laughs> with a massive hangover. And I just took a swim in the lake the next day and then hit the road and went up to, um, headed up to Portland. But yeah, going through the like Mount Shasta area was absolutely Beautiful. wild. Like coming up, it's like almost you come up over a hill that is like the end of California and just like opens up to, to uh, yeah, Oregon. we're excited to do that. Um, you know, that's, we call it fate when stuff like that happens yeah. where you're like, oh, we're out. We, we've, we've been in towns where the three of us, Inksville, there's only three little divey motels. Yeah. And it's nine o'clock at night. By the time we're out of there, no room at the inn. And we end up at these covered wagons in this incredible mecca of stars, mm -hmm. you know, the Milky Way. And it's just like, it just happened. Yeah, we actually laid on the side of the road, looking up at all the stars, satellites going across, yeah. and just well, we've learned a lot about riding all year round. And winter, if you don't go because you think there might be a storm, you're going to miss the magic that happens if there is a storm. Yeah, and it goes through. I mean, there was a trip we were on the rim of the Grand Canyon, and it was five o'clock at night, and we had to get to Williams. And it was a full blizzard, snow covered the whole, everything. And we're riding these baggers. But in the canyon, sun keeps breaking through and rainbows. And, like, all this stuff is happening yeah. in the canyon while you're That's in this insane. storm. It was amazing. Yeah. And we wouldn't have seen it if we weren't there. Well, yeah. look, yeah. before we started the the show here, it was coming down like cats and dogs. Now the sun's out. Now the sun's, the sun's out. out. And it looks spectacular yeah. out there. It's beautiful. And, you know. Wind, rain, snow, our wives have dealt with all of it with us. Yeah. And they, you know, we were coming back on the loneliest highway, snow covered, gray, just we're digging it at the end of the day. We're cold, but we're riding still a lot of miles. And 
all of a sudden the clouds kind of open up and the sun just exploded with this orange. Yeah. And all of us, we have it on record. We're all like, going, Oh shit. Like this made it all worth it. Yeah. yeah. Wait for it. Wait yeah. for yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> there is, I did a, a trip um, for when I was a journalist, I wrote for uh, gear patrol. We did, I pitched a story. I wanted to do a big motorcycle trip and they're like, all right, well, what do you think? And I pitched, uh, I want to do Hanoi to Ho Chi Minh city. They're like, oh, well, let's think about something, you know, a little more local. And I was like, so like this hemisphere, you know, right. this time zone, this area code, like what, what do you, they're like, let's just stick to this continent. I was like, easy Seattle to Alaska. So we did it. Um, we wanted to do it like old school style, but like, you know, old school, but new school. We did it on, uh, a Ducati Scrambler and a Triumph a Street Scrambler. Really? Yeah. Um, probably. I mean, it, they did it. We did. Um, I think it was like twenty six hundred miles. We did in six days. Um, we went from Seattle. We were supposed to go up to Vancouver, but something happened with the bikes where they got delayed. The plates didn't get in, or something like that. So then we had to stay an extra day. So the whole point of that was to break up the first leg so we can get used to the bikes and, you know, kind of get right. our feet under us before we like head into British Columbia and Yukon. Um, so then I was like, all right, we're delayed a day to stay on time. We're just going to go straight to Prince George. So it was like 550 miles the first day. Right. We end up getting in like at night, but it's still like civilization. So it's not too bad. Right. Um, and they're like, all right, let's not do that again. So then we the next leg was Prince George to the coast, and we were staying in this Airbnb, but it was like an RV, like next to someone's house in a fishing village at the end of, like, I didn't know what it looked like. It was just close to the, because you can't see the, the topography. All you can see is the town. Right. So we're going along this road, and of course, it's getting dark, and we're going through this national forest, and like all the bears are starting to come out. Oh, like, oh, we got, let me get to this one rest stop, and we're like, oh, thank God we made it. Like, it just, there's like rooms and like boarding or whatever. We get there and she was like, Yeah, all our rooms are full. I was like, No, no, I have a reservation. She was like, For what? Well, I was like, For here. She's like, Oh, no, no, no. You're about two hours away. That's oh. down the road. Like two hours, like it was nothing. Like it was a country mile. Yeah. And we we're like, I turn around and it was just me, the other rider, and our, our camera guy who was in a sprinter four by four just following us, like taking shots on the road and stuff like that. And occasionally we'll be stopping. But he sets off because you're like, You have the better headlights. You go in front of us right. and we'll follow you. And it's, you know, the middle of nowhere, Alaska. It's not like there's streetlights right. or anything like that. And he starts pulling away from us. Like, we're not, it's f getting freezing cold. As soon as the sun goes down, it's right. cold. And so we can't see anything outside of our own headlights. Occasionally, there'd just be like a big pile of bear shit in the middle of the road. And there'd be an actual bear walking. We saw right. like 12 bear in like two hours. Um, and then when we're going, getting closer to where we're staying, you could you could faintly make out the silhouette of the top of the mountains, like, and just against like the, like, you know, jet black sky. And then you got this feeling that there was this massive object just right next to the road. You couldn't quite put your finger on what it was, but you knew there was just something big right there. <laughs> so then we get into this little town and it's only one way in one way out. It's like a small, like fishing village or whatever. Stay the night. And then in the morning on our way out, we get saw what we had missed. And like you said, the, it was the greenest green you've ever seen that what was right next to the road was this like sheer cliff face. And the road was basically just carved right into the side of the, the mountain. The mountains were like snow capped in the back. Absolutely beautiful. 
and the sun was just coming down the canyon, lighting everything up. And then we got around one one road, and then it opened up, and it was a mountain lake with a glacier coming down and mountains in the background. It was like, wow. this is what we missed on the way. Right? Wow. And yeah, then, that's what we yeah. talk about we, that. We've when you're riding that. at night, you're like going, we're not seeing what we could be seeing. Yeah. You know, what are we missing? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we did that on the loneliest highway. Yeah. Uh, well, actually on the road up to Ely. Right. Because by and at night, you all you could see is a little bit of snow everywhere, and you couldn't tell how deep it was. And then it's 14 degrees, and we're freezing. Yeah. And we're like, we got to get to Ely, you know. But that's why we do this stuff, right? <laughs> right. <Stories>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're all storytellers. Well, we appreciate you driving up here. It's an hour out of your way. Um, we, we offered StreamYard, but you're like, no, I want to come up in yeah, person. Man. And so that was really cool of you to do that. Um, and we appreciate, you know, getting us some gear and letting us try that stuff out. And um, we do offer it on the website, as I said. So it's not just we're trying to pitch things. We're trying to get a little bit smarter about how we ride. And, yeah. and that heated gear may help with that. This protection thing is, you know, we've been talking about it a bit. And so um, the product itself is, has been around forever, top of the line. Um, and it's cool that you get to kind of take on kind of this global touring adventure space. And, and I'm sure we're going to have lots of conversations. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, I appreciate you guys spreading the love. And if there's one thing we always like, it's like seeing our gear being used out in the wild as it's intended. So right. you guys cover enough miles where it's, you guys are basically super riders. So it's the, the more miles you guys cover in the gear, the, the better it is for us. Well, the coolest thing too, for me, knowing that you are a rider, you're an adventurer, you're a storyteller. So you, you live the same thing. So if you didn't like it, you wouldn't be telling about yeah. it either. I mean, I was, I was a journalist for a long time. Yeah. So I, I, I wrote and, you know, about a lot of brands and reviewed a lot of brands and, you know, I, it's not like I had my pick of the litter, but it's, you know, if I had to choose one brand, it'd be a brand that I trust and a brand that I like and a brand that right. I would personally back. You I, wouldn't I, come over to them exactly. if you didn't like it. Exactly. Precisely, yeah. <laughs> well, before we leave, because I, I want to just clarify one thing in, about the batteries with that you use, because mm -hmm. we've seen off-market brands and those batteries just blow up on them. Yeah. And so you guys are so deep in the technology. Yeah, so the they're lithium batteries, and they're just you know they're the the top of the line batteries that you'd find in any other quality product about charging. So right. you don't have to worry about the, um, you know, all those horror stories about batteries blowing up Crazy, airplanes right? and stuff like that. But, yeah. okay, hopefully, hopefully the the industry has all passed that. But yeah, yeah. what do you got well, over there, Chief? Thank you everyone for tuning in. Tulane Life is signing out. Once again, this episode is brought to you by Eagle Rider Motorcycle Rentals and Tours. Don't forget to go to TulaneLife.com, click the Eagle Rider tab, and one beer and I'm already losing my speech. Um, and check it out so you can save subscribe. some money 5% on your rental and another discount on your club Eagle Rider membership. Subscribe to the website, hit us up with parts questions, you know. And most importantly, yeah. get out and ride, explore, find it. Fill the tank and go. Alpine stars. See you down the, the road. road. And...